1: With today's broadcast, we begin a new series, simply entitled, Know, Grow, Go. Join us, Truth For Today, with Pastor Phil Howard, coming up next. Really, that's the Christian life, isn't it? Knowing Christ, growing in Christ, and then going out in Christ. And that, indeed, is what this series is all about. As we begin our look at this series called Know, Grow, Go, we do so with this one question, How well do you know God? And if you're not so sure, then I would encourage you to stick around because that's what today's broadcast is all about. How well do you know God? Let's find out and be encouraged together to know Him more. Here's Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: We want to know God. We want to grow in God. And we like to go for God. That God is too good to be kept to ourselves. That uh, the first command after his resurrection Christ gave is go to the nations. Uh, Spurgeon used to say... I want to put one foot at the foot of the cross, and the other foot, I'll stretch it as far as I can go. So, we've got truth for today, that is going out. We've got you that I hope you're going. I hope you're witnessing. But I want to, uh, today, in light of that, I want us to uh, look at Ephesians 1, and uh, ask ourselves, how well do you know God? Uh, It's a word that describes, he knows God. I know God. Do you? How well do you know him? And uh, listen to what A.W. Tozer said. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Now, if I had you close your eyes and just on the screen of your mind, if I just told you, said, What comes up when you hear the name God? The subject. What comes to mind? What is your image? Kind of try that. Uh, Some he's angry. Some he's not there. Some he doesn't care. Some he's love. What is your concept? Then Tozer said, "The history of mankind will probably show that no people." has ever risen above its religion and man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. Our faith is no greater than our concept of God. Worship is pure or base as the worship entertains low or low thoughts of God. Do you have high thoughts of God or low thoughts? Have you created the God that you come up with? Or he's the God of revelation. You could only know God as he has revealed himself. Now we come to Ephesians 1. And why I'm taken there is he's praying for people who already know God. And he seems to think they could still be in the dark about God. Can you know God and still not know much about him? And so we pick up Ephesians 1 and listen to Paul's prayer. And as I read this, it's so much different than our prayer requests. Pray I'll get a job. Pray this one to be. This is Paul's prayer list. Read Ephesians 1, 3, Colossians 1, Philippians 1. It's how he prayed for the saints. Listen to what he says. For this reason... Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It's really saying Christ is the fullness of the church, which is his body. He is our fullness. Now, he prays that God would give them a spirit of revelation. You see that? That they would have, and I think this is the Holy Spirit, that God would give you the Holy Spirit that you've already got. He already said they have the Spirit. But I would that the Spirit in you would start giving you wisdom and as it were a revelation of what God has already given you in Christ. One of the songs uh, we sang here today, uh, something like, give us your power. And we're going to find out in Ephesians 1, you got the power, you just don't know it. I want more power, I want more power. You'll find out what kind of power he's given to his people. And he says, I want you to know, I want you to know these things. Now wait just a moment. Are they saved? Did he write this to the pool hall hall? Did he write this to the local uh, bunny club or to a local church? Are these saints or ain'ts? Saints. saints. And, he, and you want them to, I'm praying that you'll know. The, well, everybody knows this. No, they don't. And he prays that God would do illumination. He uses revelation that inside you would get to know these things, and it must be experientially get to know them. Jonathan Edwards, that great mind of the Great Awakening, he gave a uh, sermon called uh, The Divine and Supernatural Light. And in that sermon, he begins to distinguish the difference between knowing something in two senses. Notional knowledge we would call cerebral cognitive knowledge. That kind of knowledge versus what he used, uh, his word was sense knowledge. We would say, he later said affections. What he meant by it was emotions, experience. And he would say this, and his argument went this way. If you thought I was a trustworthy prof in school, and I told you, listen to me, take good note. This would be on the exam. I want you to know this. Honey is sweet. Would that be correct? And then you get some ignorant farm boy over here. He said, yeah, it is sweet. How do you know? You went to cow? No, I eat it all the time. I eat it. Have you ever had any? No, but the book says it's sweet. The book says it's sweet. So I believe it. says, well, I've eaten it, and I believe it. And so Edwards would argue in his theology between what he called light and heat. We need light, knowledge. We need truth. Jesus came full of what? Grace and truth. And so we need truth. We need objective data. But that's only one way of knowing See, some of you think you know my wife You don't know my wife I know her And I don't even know her I only know about her What she wants me to know I do not know what she weighs I'm forbidden She won't share We don't go into any family quiz programs I don't know this I don't know that I only know what she's chosen to reveal I don't know you I only know what you allow me to know. That's what's crazy about knowing human beings. We're the only ones who have mastered the art of hiding from each other. So you, we make impressions, we dress a certain way, we look a certain way, we want to be politically correct. I only know the image you want me to know of you, but I may not know you at all. And so Edward said... When I'm talking about knowing God, I'm talking about experiencing God. Have you tasted of him? The Puritans said it this way. It's a Puritan illustration they use quite commonly. They said, a father and a son are walking down the road, and one day the father says to the boy, son, I love you. The son says back to his dad, I love you. Now, Let me ask you this. Was he a son before the dad ever said that? We don't need this. This gets a little gooey. This gets a little warm. It's almost emotional. And you know, emotions are all wrong. Just the facts. You're my son. Don't ever forget it, you dummy. Or you're my son. You're my beloved son. I love you, son. You mean the world to me. What difference? Over here, I feel like a son. Over here, I'm told I am a son. Now, Edwards is saying, and Paul is praying, I would you could get a hold and experience what God has done for you in Christ. I wish your inner, and he prays the same thing in Colossians 1, you could turn there. I pray God give you the spirit of understanding because you're saved and you're not reveling, experiencing and relishing what you have in Christ. First thing I want you to really know, do you know what's in your future now that you know Christ? Do you know the hope connected with him calling you to salvation? A hope that includes heaven includes he'll be there when you die. Uh, It includes knowing fear of death. It means uh, being in heaven forever. Uh, Are you aware of your future because he called you? And do you ever experience it? Oh, that will be glory for me when by his grace I look upon his face. that Do you ever contemplate and relish that? Or have you outgrown it? Or did you ever know it? We've got churches filled with stuffed Indians that don't have an emotion one in their Christianity because they don't know God or they barely do. They've signed a doctrinal statement and they think they know God. I just gave this address to a seminary recently. I said, you guys are getting just enough theology to win a few arguments, and you think you know God. You don't relish him yet. You don't mastigate these truths like the cow does the cud, and you just thank God, thank God. The Bible calls it meditate. You meditate. It can't be. Can it be? I've got all this in my future now because he called me to salvation. This is my future. Right. I wish God would show you what all is in your future because you've been called. Then, I wish you knew the riches of his inheritance in the saints. A verse that bothered me for years. I don't like it. I I never... Because it says... I I want to make it, it ought to be the riches we have in him. But it says, the riches of his inheritance in us. Because Colossians 1 says, God's made you fit to inherit all these wonderful things. So I like Colossians better. But that's not what Ephesians says. Ephesians said, he's saying to us, I wish you knew. All the riches I've got invested in you and it's probably that I have made you my treasured possession and you are filled with the riches I invested in you. Well, well, well tell me some of the riches you invested. Well, read the first 14. Uh, I chose you before the foundation of the world. I predestined you. I know you don't believe it, but you're too dumb to understand it, but I did it anyway argue with it. Go ahead and argue. He I don't buy it. He didn't ask your opinion. He said, I did it. He, he didn't ask your opinion about saving you. He did it. It's his idea. You dummy, you would have never known. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. You didn't figure this out, hanging out with the rabbis. I revealed who I am to you. Matthew 11, "You cannot know me, no one knows me except the Father, no one knows the Father but the Son, and to whom the son reveals himself to them. Guess what? I chose you, I predestined. By the way, I've put you in my divine family by divine adoption. Uh, you're not just my enemy, I've made you a son. You're in the family will. You're in the family inheritance. You're going, to be with, you're going to be in the Father's house forever. He's sharing everything he's got with you. You don't believe it, but it's true anyway. And he's telling Ephesians, you're not experiencing it. You just say, you run over, I know my Bible. Do you know your God? Any of this stuff experiencing it in you? He goes on to say, oh, by the way, the Son paid a ransom price for you. The Son redeemed you. The Son has forgiven you. Uh, The Son has been the sacrifice. The Son has done, oh, by the way, the Holy Spirit stepped in. He regenerated you. He became a down payment on you that God has not forgotten you, that he will come and pick you up and that he's a seal. he sealed you into Christ so nothing can break that seal. Something greater than the Holy Spirit would have to be able to break the seal. This is not canning and a little bit of a wax on a little bit of jam. This is a person that seals you. I'm sealed by the Spirit. If anything's greater than the Spirit, maybe I can get out and you can get in. No, I'm sealed. Not with a stamp, but with a person. He is the seal. Now, now that's what all, all God's invested in you. Now he says, I wish you knew how much I treasure you because I've got so much invested in you. I finally figured out why people are so emotional at graduations, especially college. Parents are crying because they're knowing how much it costs them to get you to graduate. You think they're all sentimental. Dad's sitting there... Man, you cost us a ton. You think so? <laughs> no, no, no. That little brat just cost us a hundred thousand bucks. That's gonna get all sentimental here. Your teeth, that's why they cry when they see your teeth. Howard's never heard of orthodontist. But our dad told us when you marry, check their teeth we never bought a horse without checking the teeth. So boys, check your teeth. You don't want to be paying for dental work. Isn't that romantic? Just give you some inside tips. Boys, if you date one of these girls, have her open her mouth. Just see if the dental work's done. He says, you don't know how much I've got invested in you. Here's a question. Let me ask you this question. How many of you Believe God loves you. Raise your hand. How many? Okay. Good, good. Now let me ask you a second question, and I want you to be as honest as you know how to be with this. Don't just respond. Don't just raise your hand, okay? How many of you believe God likes you? Well, some of you are just doing it because someone hit you. Isn't that harder to conceive? In one of our classes, the guy, he nearly cussed at the question. I can't stand myself. How could God like me? How many of you like dirty diapers? All men. If you raise your hand, we'll pray for you. I change one dirty diaper just to be able to teach family and marriage. My son-in-law is outdo me ten a hundred thousand to one. I always thought that was for the the sisters. But do you like a dirty diaper? No. Do you like the child? Did you know that God could say to you, before I ever saved you, I knew all the messes you'd make. I knew all the messing up you'd do. But I still like you. I call you my treasure. I call you my inheritance. You're my investment. And you're over here wondering if I love you. I don't only love you, I like you. I don't like the messes, but I'll clean them up. I won't abandon you when there's a mess in your life. I'll change you, but I won't disown you. I wish you knew that experientially. I wish you knew how much I love you, how I you're my treasure, and you're going around in this complex. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. Where are you, God? He said, oh, oh, do you know what I've invested in you already? Then he said, I wish you could know the power that I've made available to you. And he uses three criteria for that power. So you look at it, three power. There's a power that's greater than death, a power greater than his enemies, and a power that is able to fill up all the deficiencies of those in the church. And he says, first of all, I raised my son from the dead. That's pretty great power. It's that kind of power I'm talking about. Two, I put him above all authorities, powers, demand. Dominions, which are really demonic powers, fallen angels. I've, I've elevated him above his enemies, so he's going to put his foot on angelic powers. Someday, he'll do it in Psalms 2 to all nations. He will crush them like a potter's vessel and put his foot on the head of his enemies. Get out of the way, Isis. The king is coming. And he will handle you. He will handle you. The body they may kill. But his, true, his truth will triumph still. A boy that had a warrant on his arrest to kill him wrote that. While he was hiding out in a castle up in northern Germany, southern Germany. And while he was in there, he came out with a German translation of the Bible. While they were trying to snuff him out, For he said, I will not bow to popes, creeds, or traditions. My conscience is bound by the word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. Here he says, I wish you knew the hope. I wish you knew the power that I've placed in my people that defeats death, that conquers the enemy and exalts Christ so that he becomes the fullness as our head. He is the fullness that makes the church. You know what? Sometimes Valley Bible, I, it's okay, but I get weary of it in some way. I'm in the church. I attend this church. This church has a perfect head. This one is full of men like me, imperfect. And some of you almost got to preach a religion. Well, I want to tell you, you didn't get it from me. I wouldn't trust me for one minute if my eternity counted on it. But you could trust the head. You could trust the head. He is our fullness. He is our fullness.
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. And our teacher and pastor. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Dot org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11. And directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 eight. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.